Welcome to episode 22 of the Interesting People I Know podcast with Carrie Freitas. That's me. Happy New Year 2020. Um, I read that you have to write out 2020 every time because someone can come in and if you just write the 20 part, they can put like 18 or 19 after it or something. Something. I don't know what, what's involved with that, but just write out 2020. Murphy and I were just saying how cool it is. It's got some kind of flow to it, 2020. And I, I feel like I remember when Jeannie, my younger kid, was um, starting like elementary school and they're like, oh, it's going to be the class of 2020. You're like, oh, okay. That's like when the cars are flying and stuff like this. And then, of course, it's 2020 and now she's a senior. And I'm like, wait, where did the time go? Um, but I'm happy for her. But I'm still sad to have my kids leave the house. And um, I went to a workshop recently with Bridget Belden, um, who had been on this podcast before, uh, for Empty Nesters, and um, so much good information there. So um, I will have to tell you how to get in touch with Bridget, but um, if you're interested. But it was, I mean, she deals with with all sorts of things uh, for women for coaching, and I'm actually coaching with her now. But the Empty Nester to Be workshop was pretty amazing. Um, so. It's a new year. There's already a lot of stuff going on in the world, as always, because the world is a busy, chaotic place, but also a beautiful place. I have been, as you know, if you follow me on social media, and I would apologize, but I'm not going to, but maybe I should, that I've been just so pounding the pavement and um, ringing my little bell, like the Salvation Army people at Christmas for Australia and the wildfires. Thank you to everyone that donated. Um, I um, have to get in touch with my donors today because I was going to match in the moment. I said, you know, I was going to match originally 2000 but I ended up matching $3,000 in donations. And I talked to my bookkeeper and she's like, well, you probably should have some money in your bank account before you match because that's how it works. And it's also you need to pay your taxes. So um, I got the money together. <laughs> so now I've got the 3000 together today and I'm going to approach my peeps, my Australian uh you know, supportive, loving hearted peeps that were able to dig deep and give, I'm going to approach them about um, some additional um, donations that I want to make. I was originally going to donate to a couple of the the organizations that were getting the most interest at the beginning, like WIRES, which is uh, for the wildlife rescue effort in New South Wales, um, as well as for the Australian Red Cross, um, and a couple of others. But now I've heard, which is such great news that WIRES has raised like 10 million plus, I think it's, it's probably more through amazing people like Celeste Barber, who is an Aussie comedian and, and rad person influencer, amazing being that if you don't follow you should because she's a hoot and holler. And also using her influence for good, which I find amazing. Um, so I have to I've actually with my friend Sarah Tobin, who will be on the podcast in a few weeks, we're going to be talking about things you can do at home to do your part for the earth, small things that aren't daunting, you don't have to start composting, raising worms or whatever, you're, whatever you do there. Um, but you can. But uh, we, she and I were talking and she's got some great resources. She's Australian um, and really keeping me abreast uh, in addition to the reading I'm doing every day on the crisis there. Um about where to give. So I will um, on the next podcast be mentioning some others. And if you're not following me on social media, would you not because I'm trying to get popular, um, but because that way I can keep you apprised of my fundraising efforts, other ways to get involved in your communities, um, and other inspirational stuff. I'm pretty good at posting stuff that I think will make you feel good, or at least understood, not alone, heard, etc. So on Instagram, I'm Carrie Stork, C-A-R-R-I-E-S-T-O-R-K-E. That's my middle name, my mom's maiden name. If you are at all familiar with Santa Barbara, you've seen that name um, probably all over there at UCSB and otherwise, because they were super involved there and like 
ninth generation Santa Barbarans, if you can believe that that's a thing. Um, and then um, on Facebook, because they won't let me change my name, I don't know why, but it, it has something to do with Zuckerberg and why I don't like him currently. Um, it's Carrie Con, my maiden name, C-O-N-N, Williams, my previous last name, which again, I'm cool keeping that for a bit because it's my kid's name, but I'm trying to be Carrie Freitas there and they're just like, yeah, we don't like it. So, okay. So follow me. All right. So I want to talk about Australia. Um, I don't have to tell you, you guys have all seen the images and hopefully you're reading some articles beyond the headlines um, a little bit deeper into the crisis. And it's super scary. Um, I think there have been 25 lives lost. It may have gone up since then. Uh, more than half a billion animals have been killed um, and certain populations are, are threatened with endangerment um, because of what's happening in uh, Australia. And of course, native bushlands, um, which, you know, you can't get back. I mean, things can grow back, but it's, um, it's a different, um, sometimes a completely different um, ecology. Um, that's been destroyed. I mean, I think that's something the size of Belgium and North Carolina put together. So and more probably because the fire season is going to go through February. And why is it a longer fire season? Um, because of climate change. So one thing that I've noticed is that people don't, you know, when they came out with the fact that there are some arsonists under investigation or being or being charged in Australia, that wasn't surprising to me because fires need to start in some way. And it's not always a natural, you know, like a lightning bolt phenomenon. Um, and it's, it breaks my heart that people would even think about, you know, lighting things on fire, um, and creating this kind of destruction, obviously, just as it hurts my heart that people would shoot in schools or anywhere else or, or harm people really for any reason. So, um, but I've seen a lot of people go to put social media and say, see, it's not climate change, it's arson. And so I guess I wanted to address that in a couple of ways. One is that, yes, there was arson and it's terrible and those people should be, you know, brought to justice um, with the appropriate legal measures. But at the same time, climate change is what's created the very fertile ground for these this arson to be, you know, create these massive fires. So without climate change, the fires would be likely um, less destructive, easier to contain, um, less powerful. Uh, and and not as widespread and lasting as long, right? So um, to me, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, and I'm not trying to get political because I don't think climate, the climate and the health of the earth is a political issue. Um, I just think it's a humanity issue uh, and an ecological issue um, and an environmental issue. So I don't really see it as political. Um, and maybe, you know, someone can you know, let me know as feedback, you know, why it is political. I mean, I know that certain people do politicize it. But I think when you get down to it, it's just about the earth and the health of our earth and respecting nature, which to me, you know, if you depending on what your religion is, I think all religions, um, I'm not saying worship, you know, it, it might be blasphemous, you know, to say worship a tree over a god, I'm not saying do that or don't, I don't know. But what I'm saying is, I think all religions show a love for nature, for other humans, um, for mankind, for the natural world. I mean, I don't know any religion that um, espouses anything negative about the environment or the earth or its creatures. So, but if there is one, you can let me know. Um, and I'm open to hearing about that. So I guess when I saw on Facebook, someone post recently about, see, it's not climate change, it's arson. I was trying to figure out what the payoff is there. So 
if we say there's no climate change, which is, again, and I'm biased, but it's a little bit hard for me to believe that people think there's no climate change when science, and again, I know in a lot of religions, it's like, you know, there's different perspectives on science. So I want to be honoring that. But for me, you know, I'm seeing most of the scientists in the world coming together saying that there's climate change. And I think we've seen changes. And I know that there are cyclical warming and cooling events for our earth over the millions of years that we've been here, or not us, but um, the earth. And so there's that too. So but I think climate change seems pretty real to me and proven. But let's just say for a second, that you don't believe in the science. And, um, you know, you're like, I just think it's a cyclical warming trend that's going to go back uh, and right itself at some point uh, in the future. And, you know, and there's no climate change per se, as you all are defining it scientists. Okay, so let's just take that for a second. Again, that's not my belief, but I want to be open to it. So if that's someone's belief, I guess my my thing is, why are you so strident um, in believing that it's all going to be fine. And, and are you are you saying that you don't have to do anything to be kinder to the earth? I mean, is that like an accountability issue? I guess, and again, a lot of people wouldn't cop to that if they're climate deni- climate change deniers. I'm sure a lot of people aren't like, it's because I don't like to be accountable and responsible for my actions. Like, I'm sure not a lot of people are out there having that much insight, right? Or that much chutzpah to say, like, this is where I'm coming from. But ultimately, is that is that their take? Like, you know what, believing in climate change is a maybe too scary. And I don't want to worry about the future generations of my family and friends and the earth. So I'm just going to bury my head in the sand and pretend it's not happening. That feels better. Um, Or is it a mixture of that and B? like, I don't want to do anything different. My life's going well, I don't like to recycle. Um, I don't want to bother thinking about reusing stuff. Uh, I don't want to worry about my carbon footprint. All that's really confusing. And it just makes me feel bad when I travel. You know, I I don't know the answer, but I kind of wanted to raise the issue of why would you deny climate change? Like what's in it for you, climate change denier? You know, is it, like I said, does it just feel better? Is it equivalent to like thinking about your mortality all day? Which again, I wouldn't want to do. I used to do that a lot, as you heard in my previous OCD episode. Um, And it's not a way to live, obviously. So does denying climate change get you out of worrying about it? And so it just feels better day to day that it's one less thing you have to worry about? Or is it that you don't want to do your part? And let's say climate change wasn't real. Again, caveat, it's real to me and to many others. But let's say you're saying it's not. Um, What would it hurt for you to actually, maybe you don't embrace the science, but maybe you're like, you know, well, just in case, why don't I do my part for the earth? Or not even just in case, as a citizen of the world, what if I do my part to respect nature, um, not be over consuming things, um, and just leave as soft a, fur- a footprint as I can while I'm here on earth and just leave something for future generations? I mean, uh, like I said, I just don't get the come from. So I would hope that whatever your position is on the climate change issue, um, you would at least have enough respect for the environment, the natural world that, you know, depending on your belief system, God has created, um, Buddha has created, you know, Muhammad, I mean, whatever your belief system, like just, I I would hope that in addition to any organized or or, uh, religion or spirituality you have, or just global citizenship paradigm that you might follow, that you'd have enough love and respect for the earth, your kids, other people's children, animals, um, and the, the amazing, beautiful, natural habitats we have on this earth to just do your part. 
uh, and, and whatever that looks like. And when Sarah Tobin and I are on together, we're not positing ourselves as experts. So I'm just, I'm not going to say we're experts, but we're just, you know, women who like to do our research and our moms and friends and wives and sisters and, um, you know, of the earth. So we're just going to give you some ideas of easy things to do that, you know, we'll hope you'll consider. And many of you are already doing a lot of things. So I don't want to take away from that. But I, so I just wanted to address that. Um, and if you are on the fence about climate change, I'm not trying to sway you to believe it. Although, again, to be perfectly honest, if like I'm in the room with you and I'm talking like real talk with Carrie, I'm going to go like, how can you not believe science? But let's just take me out of it for a hot minute. I just want you to think about the climate and, you know, what your role is as a global citizen. And, you know, if you don't want to believe the science, that's your choice. Um, and I have to honor that. But, you know, maybe there is still space for you to, to um, you know, have respect for the earth and nature and do your part to minimize um, any negative impacts you might have by living in this amazing um, world of ours. So that's number one. Um, I um, read an article this week that triggered me, which is, you know, not unusual. And it wasn't about climate change. It was about living smaller. And the author wrote, and I'll repost it on my Facebook so you can see it. The author wrote about, you know, there's all this, um, and we've talked about it a bit before in the podcast in different parlance. So it's about, you know, there's all this push to hustle, like the hustle culture, have a side hustle, um, have like business ideas, um, like something else I read over the holidays, um, talking about hobbies, how we've, you know, like, we feel like we can't even some of us, maybe, maybe it's just me, and I have a weird guilt thing. Um, you know, feel like we can't have a hobby that's not either monetizable, helping us grow in some big way uh, that we can write a book about that plays into our business or, you know, whatever it is. So um, it's really interesting to me, this article that I read recently about living smaller, and this wasn't about like, um, carbon footprint, it was about why do I have to do something bigger? What if I'm happy living in my community, big or small, um, impacting just my like a my circle of friends and my family? Like, is, is there anything wrong with that? Is there anything wrong with me not wanting to be um, an activist or writing a book about my experience or, you know, blogging about motherhood or um, having a vlog about, you know, my growth mindset? Um, and I thought, wow, this woman is really speaking truth. And it kind of triggered me because I was like, I am always thinking about how to get bigger, right? And I think that's really not, not the point. I mean, the point is to be the best you, I hope, that you can be. Um, and that's not just for you in a selfish way. That's like taking care of yourself, being honest with yourself, um, so that you can show up in a, in a bigger way for like, you know, for the world, for your community, um, for your kids. And you don't have to be like an influencer or um, the pastor at a super church or um, a CEO or um, Greta Thunberg, you know, to, which all of whom I respect, these, these, these people and these positions. But it's like you could just be um, – there for for you and your friends and family and your community in whatever way that feels good or circle of friends and you know just be a loving kind person and you know what that is enough and so i think um i want to embrace that a bit more um myself because i think that 
Am I doing, I, I want to look at myself and say, am I doing everything for the right reasons? Am I doing things because I love them? Um, I'm fulfilled by them. They light me up. Plus, um, you know, how does it, you know, want to make sure it's not negatively impacting my family and friends. And, and I'm hoping that it's actually positively impacting my family and friends. You know, whatever I do, whether it's baking a casserole and, and for my family, just to plan ahead for a healthy meal that we all eat together. Or that to me is, you know, that could be part of a really great day's work. Um, you know, uh, a friend is sick, you take them chicken soup. I mean, that's part of a really great day's work here on the planet. It doesn't have to be um, doing like a vlog, a podcast. It doesn't have to be being an activist. It doesn't have to um, be starting a business and having a side hustle. So I wanted to just give some um, value and expression to to this article. And again, I'll post it on my Facebook so follow me, Carrie Con Williams um, on Facebook. Um, but I, I do think there's a lot there. So as I go into this new year, you know, I didn't do resolutions, um, not because I don't want to be accountable, but because I want to phrase things differently. They're almost like growth opportunities. Maybe it's just all semantics. But I thought, you know, a lot of my stuff was playing bigger, right? And and maybe that is my path because I think some people like me, or maybe me, I don't know if, if I will, but a lot of people get fed that way and feel good. And we do need these big game changers in our societies because um, they're just part of the fabric, right? Everyone's got their role to play. So, um, but a lot of my, you know, kind of not goal setting, but like, you know, trying to manifest for this year and passions and things I wanted to pursue, were just getting bigger and bigger, a bigger platform, more listeners to the podcast, um, doing more good, you know, raising more money, having more impact. And those aren't bad things. And maybe those are for me, but I want to stop and consider before I try to go big. Like, what if I'm playing at the level I want to play now? What if I even want to contract a little bit and, um, and do something, you know, closer to home or, you know, whatever it is, or just focus on my family more, give them more time. And it's so interesting because I've found myself in past podcasts talking about playing big and this and that. I don't want to, I don't want people to be afraid of playing big and stepping into that. So I think however you decide to expand or contract or, or be just check with yourself and just make sure that that's for you. But I, I loved this thought about simplifying, um, taking away pressures of being, you know, any kind of persona in our world today, and just maybe just being you and doing your thing. So I just want to honor different ways of being because everyone has impact. If you're moving forward in the world with loving kindness, you're doing great work. And and that's really, at the end of the day, um, what's important. So speaking of um, that kind of community and um, communal uh, environment, I wanted to talk about um, a gathering I was at last night. A lot of great stuff came up. We spent the time um, obviously just hanging out together and having fun, but also um, we did um, a portion of the night was spent going around the room amongst the women in, in the group and talking about, um, you know, what was currently lighting us, you know, either up as far as is there a charity? Is there a cause? Is there some issue that's bothering us or making us feel good or that we want to contribute to? Um, are there other ways that we that the group can support each other? So we went around the room and it was really great because I, you know, I think I know this group of women fairly well, but it was really fun to hear what was lighting people up. And in some cases, there were things I didn't even know about and was so happy to hear um, 
you know, causes, um, philanthropies, upcoming events that, you know, um, needed support, even just kind of ways of being that they thought, you know, can we, you know, whoever feels good about this, can we do more um, in this area? So I wanted to share some of that with you. Um, for those of you living in Orange County, and of course, um, some of this obviously extends beyond it too. Um, one thing that came up was the Melinda Hogue Smith Center for Healthy Living. It's right near Hogue Hospital in Newport. And um, it's really this holistic approach to wellness in our community, um, primarily for underserved population. So um, it was really fascinating to hear more about it. Um, if you go online to the Hogue website and just search for the Melinda Hogue Smith Center um, for Healthy Living, you'll see it. They do a lot of great work um, for local families in the Newport Mesa area. Um, there are volunteer opportunities, there are giving opportunities. And it was just nice to see, we have so many great nonprofits here, but nice to see an organization um, addressing the holistic health of a family um, from you know both physical health to mental health, spiritual health, um, and also just like, you know, housing, food, um, jobs. So check that out. I really encourage you to do that. And, and um, thank you to Alex Head um, for uh, bringing that to my attention. Um, we also talked about, and it's something that Carlin and Mian had talked about on the podcast before, is just the importance of supporting local artists. And um, I found that that feels really good to me. I, I think as we look into art's always been important in my opinion. That's how we really express our passion, our love for being alive, our angst. Um, and it can come in any form. Art doesn't have to be um, a painting. You know, it can be um, anything from music to a video game to um, a stand-up comedy routine to a, some writings, um, performance art drawing things in the sand at the beach. I mean, you know, making jewelry. So there's so many opportunities to to pursue art. Um, and I think supporting artists and, you know, the, the artistic and creative processes makes us healthier as a culture in general um, because it gives chance people a chance to express themselves, heal, I think, heal themselves and others, be heard for important ideas to be conveyed in really different ways that reach people and hit people more powerfully sometimes than than the straightforward presentation of, whatever issues are um, at hand. So I just want to encourage people to think about supporting local artists. Um, me and Studios, M-E-E-H-A-N Studios in downtown Santa Ana on 4th Street um, is an incubator for um, you know artists at the beginning-ish of their journeys um, where they're giving affordable rents for art studio space um, to aspiring and, and practicing artists. And um, you can check out me and studios for that. Um, and also just support artists. I mean, if you like, it's so fun. I had a, a friend, my friend Lee, her daughter was doing um, little people portraits. She's a really good artist. She was drawing portraits of people. She was, I think, 13 when she started this 12. And um, you could commission, um, you know, for like a drawing of your family. And I thought how fun and it supports, you know, she only wanted like four or $5 for it. And um what a fun way for her to get the message that her, you know, her, her expression and her talent is valued and support her. And then on bigger levels, you know, buying work from local artists, um, I think, you know, commissioning things. I know through my son, Liam, a lot of his friends are artistic and um, they're always looking for, you know, commission opportunities, even small, like five or $10 
draw a cartoon of your, you know, your favorite person. You could gift gift that to somebody or commission some jewelry to be made. Um, and a lot of the artists within me in studios accept commissions, which is important to know. But there's so many other artists. I mean, look into the Laguna College of Art and Design locally. Look at what those students are doing. They have galleries of the students' work where, you know, it's in a really affordable way to support artists and start collecting. Um, and you don't have to be, you know, someone that's of the art basil buyer um, caliber to to take part in, in supporting artists and go to concerts, go to local music shows, um, go to spoken word poetry. Um, I think it's enriching um, as well as just an important part of supporting um, the artists and the creativity within our communities. Um, last night, of course, we had Jenny Smith there who um, Jenny Smith's um, group, her, uh, her therapy uh, practice here in Newport Beach, you'll want to look her up. Um, it's I think it's called Smith Psychology Group. I have to double check that because um, I want to get it right. But she was with us last night. And um, it was so amazing to have her talk about, you know, what she's thinking about. And it wasn't specifically a cause, although, you know, you could argue that, you um, because she works in mental health. I mean, her cause is obviously, um, you know, helping people feel as good as they can. And of course, when we help people feel as good as they can mentally, they show up in so much, so many, um, so much better ways for our world. And as we all know, mental health is a big issue in our, in our society, um, really just across the board. It's Smith Psychotherapy Group on Instagram, if you want to follow them. Um, but she talked about, she said, you know, can you help me in my mission? And we said, you know, of course, we're here to do that. What is it? And she's like, you know, I would love everyone to love harder. You know, so we're like, okay, that sounds really good. You know, what does that look like if we're loving harder? Um, and she said, you know, once again, it starts with you. So the love for yourself and the acceptance of yourself as you are in this moment not saying that you don't want to grow and evolve and maybe there are things you're going to improve or change, but you need to just love and accept yourself in this moment and work on that and take care of yourself to the point where you can actually show up for other people. So love yourself first, not in like any kind of selfish way, although I don't really think love is ever selfish. So um, just love yourself and care for yourself first, and then you'll be able to go out in the world and love all your people, the world, your community. Um, harder. So she said, keep in mind for loving harder, the three A's. The first A was acknowledgement. Um, You know, when you're talking to someone, acknowledge what they're saying to you. So instead of someone saying, oh, God, I had the shittiest day. Um, My boss sucks, you know, and I hate my job. And then instead of jumping in and empathizing, which you think you're empathizing by saying, oh, my God, me too, or I've been there, I totally get it. Um, instead of doing that, because that puts the focus back on you, sit there and say, and just kind of be a really good listener and say, you know, I hear that you had a just a shitty day and I'm sorry that that happened. You know, tell me more about how you're feeling. How can I support you? So keep the focus on that person. Um, and even if you're trying to empathize by saying, oh my God, me too, piling on, that doesn't really increase the positive energy. Let the person vent. Um, or really make them feel heard. So she said that if we practice this acknowledgement exercise, which hopefully becomes a habit, it deepens the intimacy between yourself and that person um, and minimizes conflict. Um, she said you can share your experience if it's going to help some, you know, help that person, but way to be to be like, 
I hear you. Yeah, you know, that does suck. Tell me more. Um, and then maybe, you know what, you know, I did have a similar experience. Maybe this is later in the conversation. A couple of years ago, that happened to me when my boss, you know, I was passed over for a promotion and it hurt my feelings. And, you know, I don't know if this would work for you, but what I did was polish up my resume and start looking for a job or, you know, whatever the tips are, but just at least be with them and sit in it. And I know how hard that is. I think about it as a parent or like even as a, 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 a friend or partner, when someone's going through really deep pain, all you want to do is like fix it, make it go away. And sometimes maybe even not deal with it, not because you don't love them, but because it seems overwhelming and like, what the fuck? I can't fix this for them. What what are we even going to talk about? But instead it takes, you have to be stalwart and strong, but you can do it because um, we're all here for each other. It's just like, sit there with them in it and just let them talk and let them know that they're heard and that you hear them and that you understand and that you empathize. Um, so that's the first A of loving harder, acknowledgement. The second A is appreciation. So this is something that I've been working on. I always, uh, not always, I, for the most part, try to show appreciation to everyone that I come into contact with in the day. So whether it's a simple, like, but heartfelt thank you um, to, let's say it's my personal trainer or something, or someone I, you know, come into contact with at the grocery store <clears throat> or the crossing guard that, you know, helps your kids cross the street at school. Um, I like to show appreciation um, to everybody. And I think most people are, are really good at that, but be mindful of it and maybe kind of overdo it where you think, wow, I'm going a little bit overboard here, but like, I'm just going to do it to see how it feels, you know? So like at Starbucks, instead of just a thank you, maybe just, you know, take a minute to say thank you, you know, I see you here, like, you know, I'm here twice a week, you know, um, you're always so, you know, upbeat and happy, and it really makes my day. So like, thanks for the coffee. And thanks for just being being you and, and being here. Or, you know, like with your children, um, you can show them appreciation, let's say they did something really cool, like maybe they, um, you know, you hear through a teacher that your kid, um, saw someone fall down and helped him up, you know, brushed him off or um, that your kid stood up for another kid or um, that your kid, you know, um, gave up their maybe half their sandwich for a kid that didn't have lunch that day or whatever it is. Right. So um, you could say, instead of just saying, I'm proud of you and I love you, which is super important. So say those things, you could also be very specific and just say, you know, the fact that like, you know, your teacher, like Mrs. Hayes told me that you gave half of your peanut butter and jelly sandwich to Billy because he didn't have lunch. Like, that's super cool, dude. Like, you know, not only is that the right thing to do, as you know, from our family values, but like, it's also it just shows like so much character and generosity of spirit. And also just like that you're looking out. And we just need more people like you in the world. Like, I really am so proud of you. I'm so happy to call you my son and and just like I'm learning from you too like just make it super specific um like yesterday both my kids did some great stuff and I was so proud of them and one of them handled a work situation really well and I just took the time to tell her like hey I'm super proud of you and I want to acknowledge that like you handled this in a really grown-up way like you there was a problem but instead of just complaining about it and going in with a complaint you thought of on your own a solution to the problem and offered to be part of the solution um, and help her in that moment um, so that it was a win, it would be a win-win for your employer and for you. I said at 18, you know, Jeannie, that's like takes a lot of presence and skill. And I just really love to see you exercising that skill set. It's gonna take you so far. <clears throat> and then 
last night, both Liam, my son, who's 20, and Jeannie took part a bit in the gratitude um, gathering that we were hosting. And they both were so honest and open with their thoughts and feelings about issues in the world and what, you know, we could do to support, um, you know, people going through hard times in a couple of different situations. Um, And I just took them both aside at the end. I think it was via text because it was so late at night. They're like, we have to go to bed. But I just said, I'm really proud of you for showing up, being authentic, um, helping people understand the issues um, better in a really thoughtful way. Um, that was unbiased. And then also just offering to be a resource in the future, like having me give them your phone numbers and, te- and um, you know, email addresses um, to ask you questions later if they want it. So again, appreciation, just say thank you all the time. Tell people how thankful you are for a business opportunity, for their presence, for their friendship, um, for their love, for giving you the, the great coffee at Starbucks that gets you going every morning. And then Try to be as specific as you can and go a little bit over the thank you and just say, you know, thank you for, and this is why it's important to me and a value. So that's the second A in loving harder. The third A is acceptance. And that is a mindset shift. So um, it puts you in the best position to thrive and grow, according to Jenny Smith of Jenny Smith Psychotherapy. Again, you have to go to her for the full details. I'm just giving you the top line. Um, But accepting yourself as you are, and accepting others in your life as they are in the moment. Don't say, you know, I'm going to accept my husband once he learns how to remember to take out the trash and empty the dishwasher. That's not acceptance. Acceptance is, I love you for who you are. I love you for, you know, in this moment, we're growing together. That's the best place to start. Because without that, you're not in a place to grow together and to thrive. So just accepting um, things as they are. It doesn't mean that you're content with things as they are or that you don't want to, again, evolve and change, but just practicing acceptance. And just also recognizing, and and Jenny didn't say this part, so I might be putting this in the wrong bucket, but I just feel like I understand that people are having a hard time in their life regardless. Some people are having a good day and some are not, but everyone's got a story. And when they're showing up as less than desirable to you, in your opinion, just realize that most of the time it's not about you, it's about where they're at, and have some grace and empathy for those people. we're all in it together. So love harder. Um, Now, we have a couple of other things I wanted to run through from last night. One was, I don't know a lot about this organization, but Lee, um, my friend who was there last night, talked about Project Giving Light, um, really making a difference at local homeless shelters. There are volunteer opportunities and donor opportunities. And you probably saw, if you follow me on social media, and a lot of people have been posting it in different uh, groups, is that the importance of, let's say, for example, here with the homeless shelter issue is luggage. If you have any, this is a a big time for beginning of the year cleaning and spring cleaning. And speaking of which, I just went through the process. It's a, it's a evolutionary process, but I just worked with concierge on the coast. You can find them on Instagram, concierge on the coast, Amanda and Bronwyn. And they are changing my life with organizational and clean out. And it's very reasonably priced. And they're such a pleasure to work with. So one of the things that we did come across when we were doing my cleaning, and um, it came up with homeless shelters is luggage, Um, whether it's backpacks, whether it's rolling luggage, whether it's a duffel. um, A lot of times, the, the the parents and the kids and the people living in homeless shelters are moving from shelter to shelter or throughout the day with with no luggage. They have like a trash bag to put their their items in. And um, 
that's just another way that they are marginalized, I think, become demonized and other than is they don't even get the respect of having something, um, you know, kind of normative to to put all their belongings in. So if you have any luggage or duffel bags or backpacks that are still in relatively good shape that you're done with, um, consider giving them to Project Giving Light, contact Project Hope Alliance, contact Laura's house, contact the Thomas house, just look up homeless shelters. Um, you know, maybe even I would look at share ourselves. There's I'm sure a need there and um, help people feel, you know, restore some dignity and, and feel a little bit more humane as they're going through what has to be just a gut wrenching experience with homelessness. Um, I wanted also to talk about um, make a wish. So make a wish is an organization that you all are probably familiar with. It used to be just children that were um, had like a I would say that they were kind of terminal illness is how they would describe it. And they would get to make a wish. And if they're qualified, and again, it's just, you know, it's hard to say even qualifying, but you know what I mean? They have to be vetted for, you know, having a terminal terminal illness. They would get an amazing wish granted. Well, now um, it's not just terminally ill kids, but it's also um, kids with critical illnesses. So they can be like a very bad chronic, you know, or like leukemia that's in remission or just a really bad chronic illness that will not, you know, hopefully um, take their lives, but is going to is definitely like greatly impacting their quality of life. So they've expanded their service to include other kids that are not just terminal illnesses, but life threatening or critical illnesses as well. And um, my friend Kimberly Worsnop is on the, the Orange County Inland Empire chapter. And they are doing just amazing stuff. As you can imagine, it's very, very heartstring pulling seeing these kids. And she shared with us um, one of the children that just got a wish granted. And um, she was on the beach in Hawaii at that Olani Resort, I think it is, the Disney Resort. And she had met, she has leukemia that's in remission. She's from Huntington Beach. And she met another kid there on a wish trip with leukemia and remission. And you could just see them like so happy to meet each other. I mean, it was just very moving. And that's just one of many stories. In fact, the um, Inland Empire Orange County chapter of Make-A-Wish grants 375 wishes a year just in the region. And those each cost around $7,500 to grant. So they're doing a great job fundraising and getting wishes granted. There are several opportunities. I think you should go to the Make-A-Wish Inland Empire OC website um, to get more information. Uh, in addition to learning how to be, I call it a fairy godmother. I don't think they do, but a fairy godparent. But um, it's a wish granter. You can learn and go through training on how to grant wishes for these kids, how to help coordinate the process, meet the kids, meet the families. I mean, I can't imagine a more rewarding, you know, endeavor. Um, and there are also, you know, other ways to get involved with their fundraisers and whatnot. And one of them that's coming up April nineteenth is their women's luncheon. And it's always a fun theme. I've donated before and been before. And um, it's just always a uh, the theme this year is going to be and they haven't revealed it yet. So I'm not going to be the one to do it. But um, it's going to be super fun and different. Um, $150 a person for tickets. And they always have the element of a, a designer handbag auction, where they have new designer handbags, like the ones that you, you know, again, I'm not a handbag person, but everyone I know who is, which is most other people I know. Um, these are the bags that all those gals want. Like, they're the bags of the season, the most amazing handbags, and they auction them. Um, so if you have um, a lead on, 
like, you know, you know, someone at Furla or at Todd's or at Louis Vuitton and there you could get a handbag donated. I mean, let's make that happen. Um, and of course, you're going to want to attend the luncheon April 19th um, for Miracle, I'm sorry, Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, there's also a Women's Circle of Wishes. It's a new um, part of the group where it's a group of women that get together um, and do all sorts of different fun, educational, but also just fun activities together. Um, look on the website for that. It's a $500 donation, tax deductible, and you can join the Women's Circle of Wishes and help fundraise and also just have fun and meet new people. So there we have it. That is this week's podcast. Um, I'm going to be off next week, back the following um, with a guest. Um, I think it'll be Sarah Tobin. We'll talk about what you can do to help the environment. But stay tuned because, you know, we're always changing things up. So welcome to 2020. Happy, healthy, blessed, um, wonderful new year. And we'll talk to you soon.